0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the College Gridiron Show. Today is Wednesday, February 7th, 2018. I am your host, Matt Costantini, joined by Jimmy Sullivan today. Nobody else, just the two of us on this snowy day, snowy, rainy day in the Bronx. Uh, big day, college football, national huge signing day. day, huge day. Um, some young men's lives are going to change forever based on their decisions. Um, some universities are looking to build for the future or contend for championships today and everything starts right here on signing day so we're going to get to that first because that's very pressing and it's changing as we speak here um then we're going to get back into our draft coverage go through numbers 11 through 15 today and at the end we're going to talk about the running backs that are entering this year's draft so just jumping right in top five Signing classes so far, I'm sure this is subject to change based on the end of results. University of Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Penn State, Miami. Now, we were talking before the show started, Georgia has been a recruiting machine this season. Seven five-stars, 26 total recruits.
1: What is going on down in Georgia? It's weird because... You know, Alabama is always near, like, in the top five, near the top five. You see, like, the top 50 recruits, and you see Alabama, Alabama, Alabama littered about. But this year, it's not Alabama. It's Georgia. And I remember even thinking this watching the title game with the way Georgia recruits. Georgia could be the new Alabama. Like, not even joking— Georgia has built such a good recruiting network down in the southeast, really nationally too, but especially in the southeast part of the country, and they're taking a lot of the recruits. I saw one, we were talking about him, I forgot his name, but he flipped from Alabama to Georgia. I mean, Georgia has won this recruiting class. They are doing an unbelievable job. Kirby Smart and his staff, frankly, probably using a lot of the principles for Nick Saban that he used in recruiting, they need. They should be proud of themselves because this is an amazing recruiting class. I mean, you come within, you know, yards of winning the national championship, and then to come back and have a recruiting class like this. Georgia's not rebuilding. They're reloading, and they're. This is terrifying. I think for the rest of college football,
0: as it should be. And you were mentioning Quay Walker, he, the linebacker who flipped from Alabama to Georgia, and just alone today, Georgia signed. Quay Walker they flipped Otis Reese the number one ranked offensive tackle so that's huge for them and just again another four-star wide receiver Tommy Bush so this this Georgia team alone today has cemented themselves as the best class, and that's not even talking about what they did through the rest of the year. Of course, the big one being Justin Fields, the number one dual-threat quarterback, who will be pushing Jake Fromm for time, and we were talking before the show, who might have a
1: realistic shot of playing next season. Actually, and he he really thinks he can win that job. That's not just a thing that we're making up. He has come out in the media, says he wants to push for the job, and frankly— Fromm is going to be a sophomore next year. You don't go out and get the best dual threat quarterback to put him on the bench for three years. Exactly. You don't. You don't do that. So he's going to push Jake Fromm. I wouldn't be stunned if he wins. Honestly. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, because Fromm played well, but people it was a little overblown as to how well he played because everybody was freaking out like, oh, he makes checks at the line of scrimmage. He's really cool, <laughs> you know. But if you look at his numbers, they were good, and he throws a good deep ball, and he's going to be a really good quarterback, but. That's not to say it can't be beaten in, in summer camp. Like, there, Justin Fields is going to have every chance to win that job next year, which is insane considering that Georgia nearly won the national championship with Jake Fromm.
0: Yeah, and going to the team that beat Georgia in the national championship, Alabama, they made the biggest splash today uh, getting Patrick Surtain Jr. the number one unsigned cornerback, number six overall. Actually, number one cornerback overall, excuse me. So that's huge for them considering the depth on defense they're losing. I mean, they're losing Minka Fitzpatrick, who was their All-American whatever you needed out of him, cornerback, safety, linebacker even sometimes. Yeah. So that's really big for them. Jimmy, what did you think was the biggest move today?
1: Well, today, I mean, there's been a, a few. I mean, Georgia obviously has had a lot of big moves. I th- I would tend to go with the one you said with Sertan because that's, that's huge. For Alabama, You don't want this this class to be a total wash just because, you know, George is siphoning all your recruits, basically. But that was probably the biggest one today. I think he was—I want to say he was the best—the highest-ranked player to go off today because I think all, all the other ones had gone off in December on early signing day. I believe day. you're correct. Yeah, so that's that's a really big one. He's not going to replace Mika Fitzpatrick because nobody can replace Mika Fitzpatrick, I don't think. But that'll go a long way towards at least helping. That Alabama defense isn't going to be as good next year. Honestly, just because they're losing a lot to the NFL between Fitzpatrick, Deron Payne, guys like that. But if they if they can continue to get these three- and four-star guys i have been watching their board, they've been solid. They're not a top-five class, but if they can get three- or, three or four-star guys, they should be okay, because Saban knows what to do with those types of players.
0: Yeah, I'm actually kind of looking at who actually signed today, and you can go through guys like Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, offensive tackle from... Florida and he signed with Ohio State which was kind of surprising because a lot of people were calling him to Florida this entire time. Yeah that
1: was strange I don't know why they were calling him to Florida but then last minute he kind of went to Ohio State and everybody was kind of surprised that was that was a little strange honestly.
0: Yes um Tyson Campbell cornerback goes to Georgia uh you know I'm, I'm looking at these lists here I'm seeing a lot of Clemson a lot of Georgia and a lot of Ohio State. Yeah. So we were talking at the very top of the show how seasons to come are built on signing day yeah what does this signing year mean come next season
1: one I think Texas is going to be better that's a big thing I noticed they are three right now on 24-7 for recruiting class they're going to be better I think Miami's going to be there because they're getting more talent an interesting thing I saw we were talking before the show and my bias is going to come out here but Wisconsin's 43rd and I know that's never stopped Wisconsin before. I don't I don't think it's going to matter, honestly, because they've had much worse recruiting classes than this. But 43rd, for a year when you won 13 games, won the Orange Bowl, you were 40 yards away from the college football playoff. I thought that was a little strange. I thought they maybe would do a little better. But, I mean, Paul Christ absolutely knows backwards and forwards what to do with that talent. But Georgia's there. Ohio State's going to be there, assuming they can figure out the quarterback position, which I, I don't see being a problem. And Clemson, obviously Clemson's got a lot of five stars, five five stars now. They got the top quarterback, uh, Lawrence, so that's that's a big deal. But, um, yeah, I think there's not going to be too much movement. I think Alabama's still there. I think Clemson's still near the top. Oklahoma's at eight in the recruiting boards. I think Penn State's going to be really good next year. I'm with you on that. I I know they're losing Saquon Barkley, but they've got a great recruiting class this year. They're fourth on the board right now. The Big Ten is going to be maybe down a little bit next year. They've got a chance to win that and go to the playoff. Even though they're losing Barkley, C.J. Sanders should step in for him just fine. I think Penn State's going to be really good next year.
0: I th- I'm think I'm with you on that. And, you know, you were talking about your Wisconsin bias. I'm going to bring out my, my Notre Dame bias real quick. Some surprise moves today out of them. Um, you know, they were kind of spurned a little bit by Amon Ross St. Brown, Equinemius St. Brown's brother, choosing USC over Notre Dame. Yeah, that's not good. So that was a little hurtful to me personally. But then they they had a really surprise move today. And I'm trying to find it real quick. Noah Boykin cornerback who was not really expected to go there. I, people were had him in the bag to Florida, which seems to be kind of an unfortunate circumstance for them today that they've lost a lot of recruits that they thought that they had sewn up and signed. But I think that Notre Dame's actually in a good spot next for, come next season. Mm. They made some good moves at cornerback with this boy can pick up Um, And then they've had some good linebacker signings, which is something that they've been looking for recently in the past few years. So I'm kind of looking forward to see what they're going to do. And as of right now, before we move on, just kind of going to talk about the top guys that aren't signed yet and where they might end up. Elijah Griffin, the the highest ranked player left, cornerback out of Mission Viejo, California. Um, And then we have Isaac Taylor, another cornerback. And Jalen Waddell, wide receiver. Where where do you think that that at least this these few guys can end up, especially Griffin?
1: Well, I've got Griffin right here. Alabama's at the top of the list. That would be my guess, just because Alabama's in need of cornerbacks. And, I mean, he is a guy from California, but I look at the other teams here: Oregon, Tennessee, USC. Could stay home for USC. I would put it down to Alabama and USC. But for for Griffin, I, I would tend to think that he would go to Alabama. Wouldn't be stunned if he went to to USC. Though. Man,
0: man, pairing Griffin with. With certain would be a
1: little scary, I know. right? Yeah, because because then you've just figured out that entire situation in one fell swoop. Yeah, uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart, you were talking about. I I could see I could also see him going to Alabama. It's going to depend on where Griffin goes, I think, too, because he's pr- assuming he wants to play, which pretty much everybody usually does. Uh, he's also got USC, Tennessee on this list. I wouldn't be stunned if he went to USC. That would be my guess. I say Griffin goes to Alabama, and then Taylor Stewart, he goes to USC. Tennessee's always around on this list. I feel which like is weird. I feel right? like I feel like Tennessee is the guy who's like a five or a six, and he goes to the bar and he talks to girls who are like nines and tens, and he gets stunned when he's rejected. <laughs> like I that feel is, like yeah. that is the perfect comparison
0: for Tennessee I've ever I mean, seen. But
1: both with their coaching search, which <laughs> yeah that was bad. Yeah, and, and the recruiting. I mean, they don't even have a bad recruiting class either. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how much Tennessee's gonna be able to get in on this. And then Jalen Waddell, I think was the other guy you mentioned. He's down to Alabama or A This is gonna be a big litmus test for Jimbo Fisher. If he can get I know it's only one guy, but if if he lures a four or five star receiver, I can't tell this guy's a four star. If he lures a four star receiver away from Alabama, could you imagine? That that's that would insane. Be huge.
0: And that, I, I wanted to mention that very quickly before we moved over to our next topic. I think Jimbo Fisher's done a very good job so far at A&M convincing guys that they want to stay and or come to play for him. And, you know, to be fair to the team he left, Florida State, Willie Taggart's done a very good job yes. as well. And Mir doesn't like his, him, I know. No, Mir doesn't really like Willie Taggart for some reason, which is weird. I mean, I, I don't really have an opinion on him, but... He's. I feel like he's done a good job moving into Florida State. I know they've made a considerable move off the draft boards. I think they were in the 30s somewhere, and now I think they're they're at number ten. So very good job for both Jimbo Fisher and Willie Tagger at their new respective schools. But now let's move on to the pro game. Uh, the the official season ended on Sunday. With begrudgingly, I'm going to congratulate the Philadelphia Eagles on their Super Bowl win, first in, sh- in franchise history. But. Now it's draft season, officially, which is very, very exciting. Let's do it. Because there's just going to be much, much more to talk about as we move on. Road to the Combine started. They officially announced the the, um, invitees that are going to be going to Indy to show off their skills. And we're just going to get right back into where we left off last week. Um, We finished with the Oakland Raiders, so we're moving on to the Miami Dolphins. Strange strange situation here. A lot of people are concerned about Ryan Tannehill. They don't think that he's a long-term option there. They're concerned about his knees. So people might want to talk about quarterback, but at least from what we've done on the show, there's really not a quarterback left because we've kind of given the top four quarterbacks away. Mm. But, I mean, you could go really go anywhere here. You could go running back. You can go wide receiver because from what it looks like, Jarvis Landry might leave. Even That's going to be interesting, Even yeah. though they love him there. Yeah. Um, I think the defensive line is good enough right now. Yeah. Maybe a little bit old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there's a lot of holes to fill on this team, Jimmy. Where do you think that they're going to end up doing here? Okay,
1: so I sat down and kind of figured it out. I figured 1 through 5, uh, Rosen, Allen, and maybe Darnold go off the board. But 6 through 10, I figured the Jets are going to fix their quarterback situation to free agency. The Niners have fixed their quarterback situation, as we've seen. I could see a quarterback falling to the Dolphins at eleven, so I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I don't know because one we've seen with Indianapolis and Andrew Luck is that you don't want to uh, take for granted that quarterbacks are going to recover from from shoulder or knee injuries. Tannehill's got a knee injury; it's bad. I don't, and I, it's not his first knee injury yeah, either. And, and he's he's been good when he's played, but you want to make sure that. You have that situation under wrap, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Baker Mayfield, assuming too that Jay Cutler doesn't come back next year, which I don't see why he would. Yeah, why? Yeah, why would he ever do that? Yeah, I'll take Baker Mayfield at eleven.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um, I think, I think that they could maybe go linebacker here, but how about you know I'm gonna go off the fly here. How about a guy like. Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe for Ooh, this team. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I mean if he falls, yeah. I think I think we may have accidentally left him out of this top ten. Well there you go. I, I feel like that's a really good pickup, but I I might want to go so another way, maybe an offensive lineman. I know that we've been very non-committal about and we've done a terrible job of keeping track who we've picked, so we apologize for that. But I feel like a guy like maybe a Connor Williams or an Orlando Brown here would also do the job. Mm. So the Dolphins just a mess and there's really they can really go anywhere they want. Um uh, we're going to move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um another strange team that's kind of in between being bad and being good. I mean I know they um they missed out on the playoffs this year, breaking that stretch. They went through that weird phase where they were talking about Marvin Lewis will not return, and they gave him a, a, a long-term contract extension. They shouldn't
1: have done that. Should
0: not have done that. Um, So what 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 are the Bengals going to do? Uh,
1: they have a bad offense. They have a lot of problems on offense. Their defense is okay. It's not as pressing of a need. Offensive line was a real, real issue for them last year. Uh, I would say Mike McGlinchey here for Notre Dame. There's a couple offensive linemen that could go there. Obviously, Connor Williams, or if Orlando Brown's there, I've read one. I have one mock draft up here actually that has Orlando Brown going there. But I'm gonna go with McGlinchey, He's solid, big offensive lineman, six seven or six eight, and hopefully he can help that side of the offensive line because they've had so many issues. I mean, Andy Dalton. Oh yeah. Andy Dalton got knocked around left and right last year, and in the AFC North, when you've got to deal with the Ravens. Well, really, only the Ravens because the Steelers don't have a great defense. But still, you need to have a good offensive line, and I think McGlinchey could help them out there. Even though I just I don't I'm not excited about that team. I don't know what they can do to be better than seven and nine or eight and eight. I just no. don't. They need to have a
0: a very good draft, and I know it's hard to rebuild through the draft in one year. But they're going to have to do a good job drafting. They're going to have to do a very good job in free agency. I mean, losing Andrew Whitworth in the in this past year's free agency class really hurt them. Yeah, killed him. Because he was a fin- he's a phenomenal player, phenomenal offensive lineman. And you can see what he did to that Rams team when he got there. Yeah. And really just brought some veteran leadership to that team. I'm with you. I think they go offensive lineman. And I think they take whichever one of Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey, Orlando Brown and Connor Williams, has not been selected yet. Any one of them are going to be a perfect fit there. And it's the start of the rebuild of the Bengals, honestly.
1: They're going <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> they to try. Yeah, they are going to try.
0: Uh, number 13, Redskins. I think that there's a no-brain pick here. They they took care of their quarterback situation, strangely enough, with Alex Smith. Um, I think their offense is good enough right now. They 100% need defensive players. And Vita Vea is the absolute number one pick here. If they go anywhere else, it'll be very confusing because they have had such a hard time stopping the run lately. And Vita Vea, we talked about on last week's show, I think he's one of the top two, maybe even number one defensive lineman prospects this year. He's so good in the run game. He's a He's underrated in his um, pass-rushing abilities, and I remember watching the bowl game this year. He is so good in open space, and he he has scary, underrated chase-down speed, honestly.
1: Yeah, uh, I was thinking a couple different guys here, and I don't have it in me to be a contrarian, so I agree with you. I think Vita Vea, unless he's taken before this, in which case I think they go with Deron Payne from Alabama, but... They, I watched that game against Penn State was so he was running down running backs, wide receiver. It was frightening, and he's three hundred fifty pounds. He shouldn't be able to do that. So I, I think the Redskins another position they could take is corner. I was thinking about Josh Jackson here from Iowa, who's a guy I that's really like. That's not
0: a bad choice, especially considering they just yeah. traded away Kendall Fuller.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But yeah, you got to get Vita Vea if he's there. I, 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 that he, he's really good. He, he, he's fast. He's agile, and when all else fails, he could just run you over. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, I I think if he, assuming he's there, that's who you take.
0: All right. So next up is the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm I'm kind of confused of where this team could go. Um, I think their offense is set. I mean they they absolutely handled their running back issues last season. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are a very good tandem. And they'll be helping out this team for years to come. I feel like you might want to look offensive lineman. I don't know if there's any going to be anyone left that you want to take this high. Um, defense is probably where they're going to spend most of their time. What are you thinking?
1: I'm thinking Josh Jackson here. They need corner help in the worst way. They were playing Kevin King last year a lot, and he was not ready for the challenge. They had one of the worst defenses in the league. And you can't be one of these teams where an Aaron Rodgers goes down where you just go in the tank. But that's where the Packers are. I mean, you've had teams like uh, the Eagles had Wentz go down, won the Super Bowl. The Vikings had Bradford went down, went to the NFC Championship game. It can be done. But they don't have much around Rodgers right now. I think that starts with the defense. And their secondary got torched on a lot of different occasions last year. So I would take Josh Jackson here. I really like him. I saw him against Wisconsin. He had two defensive touchdowns, which was amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, he he was the offense because Wisconsin won that game. I think thirty eight fourteen. He was all the points. He was all the points. He was all the points for Iowa. So, uh, yeah, I think Josh Jackson. Assuming he doesn't, assuming he's not taken before this. I think you have to take him if you're the Packers at 14.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at secondary too, and honestly, I'm amazed that this is the first time we've even mentioned his name in this series. Deron James, mm, he yes. was a guy that was being talked about being top five, top top four even before the season started, and even at midseason, but he didn't really play that well down the stretch for Florida State. He kind of became a non-factor. And he sat out their bowl game because he wanted to get ready for the draft, so there might be some character concerns about Derwin James. Maybe. I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm not for guys sitting out bowl games. We talked about on the yeah. show. But I th- he's the perfect guy here. You pair him up with HaHa Clinton Dix, and that's a very formidable secondary. You might even be able to move James down to the cornerback slot depending on what you want to do with him. He's a versatile guy, and he'll really fit in well there.
1: Yeah, and this is a Packers front office that is like historically averse to signing free agents. I think they signed four in one year and that was the most they had done in a while. So they're probably not gonna fix it through free agents. No. I mean and they've signed a couple of guys and none of them have been good. So I think you go secondary there, whether it's cornerback or safety, we'll see. I take Jackson, you take James. They were talking about James for the Heisman before this. Yeah, exactly. Weird.
0: Yeah. It's weird seeing how far Guys can fall in the draft process. I mean, this is gonna like go off on a tangent, but this is why you shouldn't be putting these ideas in these kids' heads. I mean, we saw we were talking about Sam Darnold all the year being the number one guy from last January. Um, Derwin James talking about guys being top NFL prospects really puts this thought in their head. Like, hey, if they think I'm this good now. I don't really have to try this year, and I'll get
1: drafted anyway. Yeah, it's 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 terrible, but but that's what happens. I mean, ESPN put him number one at that poll in August, and games are not played in August. Exactly, and then he hit the field, and it didn't go so well.
0: And then there's the other side of that coin where guys are being talked about not being drafted, being drafted low, and really having their skills diminished that just rise to the occasion and really show off what they can do and show that they deserve to be these top draft picks. But and the last the last thing we're going to talk about here this week, Arizona Cardinals. This is a really difficult decision for them because they lost their quarterback, Carson Palmer. He's going to retire. They have John Skelton under contract. Which, Fordham, Fordham alum. Fordham alum, fair enough. But... They should not be going into next season planning on him being their number one quarterback. I know they're going to make a run at Kirk Cousins in this free agency window. And unless they trade up to get a quarterback, there will not be a quarterback that is worth taking at 15.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. I was actually looking, if Fitzgerald retires, they have a major need at wide receiver. Oh yeah. That's a huge need. I was thinking, I was down to two guys. I was down to Calvin Ridley and I was down to James Washington out of Oklahoma State. I love James Washington.
0: I'm really big on James Washington, and it's really unfortunate Mears not here because he was giving
1: me a bunch of a bunch of lip last week talking about an Oklahoma State wide receiver. I loved it. He, James Washington. You watch his tape. It's no nonsense. He's got a lot of speed. He knows how to run his routes, and you can take Ridley here. But James Washington is a higher upside, I think, than Calvin Ridley. I would take him here at 15 if I was the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've spent a lot of a lot of investment on their defense in these past few drafts. I mean, they took Hassan Reddick first round last year. They took um, dude's name from Ole Miss. And, uh, Kim and yeah. Kim, Robert and Kandiche, of course. Um, Yeah, so this is the year that they need to focus on their offense because that was where they were really hurting this year. Their defense was good enough. But their quarterback play, losing David Johnson certainly that didn't huge. help. Yeah. But I'm with you. I think it's going to be a wide receiver. I think I've already talked about Calvin Ridley and uh, Jays Washington going early. So maybe a guy like Christian Kirk or a... Um, I can't remember his name out of Penn State right now. Deshaun Hamilton? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I Don't do quote same. me on that on his name. I apologize if that's incorrect.
1: I'll just make sure. But, yeah, Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah,
0: Deshaun Hamilton would be a really good pick. Maybe an Equinemius St. Brown. Okay. But I think it's going to be Christian Kirk. Okay.
1: I like it. I, I, I respect that. Any one of those wide receivers is a pretty good option. I've just watched a decent amount of tape on Washington, and... He I think he's the best receiver in this draft. I really yeah. do.
0: I mean I was talking about the I was talking last week about how good he looked at the senior bowl and oh, how yeah. the stock is just yeah. gonna continue to rise and especially if he puts up a good some good combine numbers. Like if he can run a sub four forty, a sub four four forty, that say that five times fast. But I think, I think he'll, have, he'll rise draft boards, and people really aren't expecting that.
1: And people always do that at the Combine, too, where they run a 4 three forty, and people go, Whoa, wow, this is this guy is good. And that always happens where somebody who was in the third round rises to the first round because teams fall in love with the measurables. So, really, if any one of these guys performs well at the Combine, they're going to be the first one taken.
0: Yeah. All right, so that, that'll that do it for draft talk this for this week. Come back next week for more draft. But now we're going to get into... The running back rankings. I feel like there's a clear and a way f- front runner, and that is obviously Saquon Barkley. So, I've heard he's okay.
1: I've heard he's eh, not bad. He, yeah, he's
0: an all right football guy. Maybe yeah. I don't know. So regardless of number one,
1: who do you see as the number two running back prospect? For me, this was a little tough, but I like the way the Darius Geis runs. It's not so much as the raw, the raw measurables because he's a little short and he's not as big necessarily, and he's obviously not as good as Fournette. But the way he runs is amazing. He runs so hard every down. Of course, you worry about that with injuries, but he's a really tough runner. I think he's going to be a good pro. The one guy I'd watch for, and I don't have him second, is Rashawn Penny from, Pet, uh, from uh, San Diego State because he, he could fall into the third or fourth round, but this guy lit it up. At SDSU last yeah, year, he did. Yeah, and he finished sixth or seventh in the Heisman, I think, too. Yeah, so.
0: it's unfortunate that he didn't really look good at the Senior Bowl because that was where a lot of people were like, "This kid's going to make his mark. He's going to show where he belongs in the draft," and it just didn't happen. Um, I'm a little bit more down on Darius Geis than some people okay. are, so I'm not going to have him at number two. I'm actually going to go with Ronald Jones II because outside of Sam Darnold, he was the reason they were so good this year. He's a fantastic running back. He runs hard um he's he's a little bit bigger than some of the he's tall don't let me let me rephrase that he's not bigger as in weight he's bigger as in size he's six foot one compared to some of these other guys but he's only 195 pounds so he'll be more of a speed type guy so that's my number two and I'm going to go ahead into number three here I think Nick Chubb is number three Mm, far and away I mean he, him and Sonny Michelle, who I might get to later, I'm kind of undecided about him right now, but they form such a good duo, and Nick Chubb has been so good recently that, not even recently, I mean, he was at, it seems like he was at Georgia forever, honestly. I know.
1: Some guys seem like they've been in college for 10 years. He was one of them.
0: Yeah, so he's definitely my number three. Who do you have here on number three?
1: My, my number three is actually another Georgia guy, Sonny Michelle. Yeah. I can't get excited about Chubb because I don't think he has enough lateral quickness to be good but Michelle does I, I I especially SEC title game Rose Bowl championship game I was enamored with how he played so I'd I'd have him at three and then the rest would kind of fill itself out I think Royce Freeman would probably in there be there somewhere I might put penny at five but yeah that would probably be my top five
0: yeah I'm gonna finish it out number four being Darius Geis and just because a little bit of Homer bias here I'm gonna put Josh Adams at five okay. I really like him and I'm it's sad to see him go. But that is all we have for this week, guys. Um, Thanks for listening. Come back next week. I'm Matt Costantini, your host, joined by Jimmy Sullivan, doing a great job on both ends, producing and speaking his mind. Thanks for listening.